What is infinity? Honestly, the first thing that sprung to my mind when I was asked to think about infinity was the line from Twin Peaks' Firewalk With Me, where Donna asks, Do you think that if you were falling in space, that you would slow down after a while, or go faster and faster? Laura replies, Faster and faster. And for a long time, you wouldn't feel anything. And then you'd burst into fire, forever. And the angels wouldn't help you because they've all gone away. She was prone to the dramatic, our Laura. That was my first thought. I wondered about the fire bit, because fire needs oxygen to burn. And we all know space is a vacuum with no oxygen, and fire can't exist in a vacuum. I took my mind back to maths, not my favourite subject. But it did give me my first inkling of infinity, that special number that you use when measuring the circumference of a circle, pi. 3.14159265. I won't go on. There's a mathematical symbol for infinity too. It was first used by John Wallace, an English mathematician from the 17th century. Later in my maths learning, there would be tedious long division sums where the answer would have a letter R at the end, symbolising that number was recurring. Infinity and beyond is Buzz Lightyear's famous catchphrase. It appears eight times in the first film, including once written on Andy's blanket, six times in Toy Story 2, and just four times in the third movie. But if infinity is forever, then you can't go beyond forever. You can't go beyond infinity. In his book, More Grace for the Daily Grind, Larry Binney writes, Infinity and infinitely have been used thoughtlessly to simply mean a whole lot or a great deal of something. Infinity has many faces. The average person perceives it as a number larger than all numbers. For some primitive tribes, infinity begins with three. Anything larger is simply many and therefore uncountable. Life isn't infinite. We will all expire at some point. And looking round the room now, there's probably a few wishing I would. Life, not infinite. But what about someone who believes in reincarnation? If you always come back as something else, is that not infinite life? Death. Is death infinite? You will burn in the infernal pits of hell for all eternity. Or... If you are lucky, you will sit at his right hand forevermore. God's love is supposed to be infinite and everlasting. Is God infinite? God is omnipotent, all-powerful. God is omnipresent, all-seeing, everywhere, simultaneously. Hold that thought. The Church of Google claims that the search engine is a god. It lists many reasons why she is one. The Google deity is a girl, apparently. But the one that really concerns us is this. Google is infinite. The internet can theoretically grow forever and Google will forever index its infinite growth. Answering quite neatly my next question, whether or not the internet was infinite. The internet is like a brain with billions of pages of information. But is the human brain infinite? When does it become full? If it didn't degenerate, would we forever be able to fill it with new knowledge? Is knowledge itself infinite? There is always one more thing to learn.
I began looking at everything and asking whether it was infinite. There's a poem I like that mentions infinity by Blake, Auguries of Innocence. The first verse goes like this. To see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palms of your hand and eternity in an hour. The lines in the poem are deceptively simple, but filled with hidden meaning. Individual interpretation is the key to revealing the poem's endless appeal. It is reported that Blake saw God in visions as as early as age four. Through faith, God reveals himself to you. There's a line from Deuteronomy. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. But I am not a believer, and can therefore never see God, infinite or no. I can't consider this infinity question without thinking about the infinite monkey theorem, from which the title, The Infinite Monkey Cage, a popular Radio 4 light scientific show, presented by the science-made sexy Brian Cox and his long-suffering co-host Robin Ince, is derived. Infinite Monkey Theorem originates from Emil Burrell's essay on statistics, where he used the phrase typing monkeys as a metaphor for random chance. IMT is a well-known proposition that an unlimited number of monkeys, given typewriters and sufficient time, will eventually produce a text such as Hamlet or even the complete works of Shakespeare. The Science Bet Given infinite time, Random input should produce all possible output. IMT suggests any problem, given sufficient input and resources, can be solved. In 2002, researchers at Plymouth University tested the theory thanks to an Arts Council grant. They put six crested Sulawesi macaques in a cage with a computer. The monkeys hit the computer with a rock and urinated on it. When they typed at all, it was mainly the letter S, lowercase. The experiment was flawed. The number of monkeys was not infinite, and the time allowed also not infinite. Jesse Anderson in 2011 repeated the experiment with virtual monkeys. A million small programs generating random nine-character sequences. When one matched a string of Shakespearean text, that string was checked off. The virtual monkeys finished the complete works in 1.5 months. A similar methodology can be used when sequencing DNA and searching the vast infinite reaches of the cosmos for evidence of extraterrestrial life. Even if every proton in the observable universe were a monkey with a typewriter, they would still need a ridiculously long time. For one in a trillion chance of success there would need to be 10 to the power 360,641 universes all made of atomic monkeys. The chances of the monkeys hitting the infinity symbol, also referred to as the Lemnis gate, are almost nil. Almost. On a Mac, you have to hold down Option and hit 5, whereas on a PC, it is hold down Alt hit 2, then 3, then 6 on the numlock keypad. Even less likely, even with their much thought of and oft-mentioned tool-using opposable thumbs. 
There are many references in popular culture to IMT. Mr Burns famously scolds one of the, la- of the monkeys in Last Train to Springfield when the chain-smoking monkey chained to the typewriter types It was the best of times, it was the blurst of times. Stupid monkey. One of my favourites is this one from Douglas Adams where, having found themselves aboard the ship powered by the infinite improbability drive, a million ink-stained paws appear grasping at the sides of the airlock. Arthur Dent says to Ford Prefect, There's an infinite number of monkeys outside who want to talk to us about this script for Hamlet they've worked out. Last week, scientists announced their proof of the existence of gravitational waves, that is, ripples in space-time from an astronomical event, that being the collision of two black holes that happened billions of years ago. I asked whole space expert Cosmic Carroll whether these waves could be described as infinite. This is what followed. They were very excitable yesterday, weren't they? Are they infinite, or do they dissipate and stop? And if space is stretching in all directions, is that infinite too? At a guess, I would say they dissipate and stop, but they are extremely strong, so who knows when? Our knowledge of space means that it is infinite. Maybe there is an edge to the universe, but we don't know that. By space-time we get to that edge, if it exists, it would have moved. If it is forever expanding and curving, does it join up at some point at either end? I don't think it will. It will expand infinitely. Then I asked Cosmic Carol for some guidance on my scant knowledge of multiple universes. My knowledge is as follows. If there are an infinite number of worlds with alternative timelines with infinite possibilities... Then somewhere, there is a version of me who is totally acing this essay. Some other me who has not stood here before you, but is actually in the audience watching. There's another me who is still at home, probably hung over from yesterday. There's me who missed the bus, missed school, missed college, fell off that bridge, made out with Dylan in the sixth grade, made that jump to light speed, has never seen Star Wars, won the Super Bowl at the first time of asking. Robbed a bank, flirted with an iceberg in the Atlantic, never boarded the Marie Celeste. There are an infinite number of ways I could have answered this question. How did I do? Doesn't matter how you respond. Somewhere there's a me bathing in champagne with the cutest couple in the room. How about it? One of the me's has to like that sort of thing, obviously. If there is an infinite number of worlds with infinite possibilities, then there has to be at least one world where there isn't an infinite number of worlds with infinite possibilities. And maybe, just maybe, that's the one we're on. That's a rather sad conclusion. But don't worry, it's not the end of the world, or this essay. Back to Cosmic Carol. Any thoughts on multiverse theory? Okay, so scientifically it's highly plausible, she wrote back, because if space and time go on infinitely... There's only a finite number of ways particles can be arranged, so it must start repeating at some point. I thought on that, and then she added, So you would find yourself doing the same stuff you are now in another universe. That's a different view. I was working on the matter existing everywhere simultaneously. The quantum argument. I may now be straying into a quantum quagmire that I'm not really qualified to speak on. 
Yeah, me too, she wrote back. There's different ways other universes could exist. Parallel, daughter, mathematical. I leave you with this thought hanging precariously on the fabric of space-time. How many of us are really just parallel daughters? Now some versions of you will have already applauded, so I'll assume that you all did.